June 2024, you are listening to Living Proof, the cultural archive of real lives happening. Issue six of Living Proof magazine features graffiti writers Katsu and Camel, skateboarders Sean Powers and Tino Razo, rappers YL and Starker, and artists Nicole McLaughlin, Nate Lohman, Fei Weiwei, Tom Hardwick Allen, Ned Vina, and Tao Lin. Available now on our Patreon and online shop. Live Improve Magazine, Katsu Issue, June 2024. Distort, what is up, bro? What's up, guys? Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. pl- pleasure to have you, man. Uh, <laughs> like I was saying, I guess the first thing I wanted to talk about was the fact that I was lurking on your work and all this stuff before, we, before you came on the show, doing my homework and stuff, and I see that um in an old video you talk a lot of passion into there's purpose behind some of the a lot of the stuff you do from the murals to ch- maybe not writing the store maybe writing disarm maybe writing uh distance maybe writing whatever it is you're gonna write where dystopia. did this dystopia yeah like where did this ideology come from have you always thought like this um goes back a long way i think in in general just as it being part of the practice of painting things i look at it like you're communicating something and that's the style that you paint with some of the you know placing something here or there and how you're doing it but then there's the content there's what does Mm. the viewer see so it's almost starting from that what what is it that I want to communicate how do I want to do it and then I have this kind of like vocabulary really that's based on that and a lot of it comes from like shit that I'm interested in, mm. um, going to protests when I was a kid, that I think got me like kind of critical of the world in a sense. Um, and art's a good way to digest that. I think uh, a lot of the stuff that ends up always in my art over and over again is stuff that is hard to digest because that's what's left over. And that's what I'm trying to like sift through, I guess. When you say hard to digest, you mean socially or just you as a, as a person hard for you to hard for you to like get through all of that, all of it. Yeah. And like, so you were into, you were into protests when you were younger. Yeah. Like I remember the, the, when the Iraq war started and going, like I was in high school and going and, and more just really being inspired by the like black block kind of, um protesters like I was no I never got involved in any of that but I liked the kind of um I don't know like approach that they had of kind of almost self-clad like meeting the authority on their level but with like stuff scavenged from like you mm-hmm. know they'd like move the barricades or something and like I think that definitely influenced like my art, my graffiti, and and I also have a lot of like medieval kind of um, imagery. I really like kind of like golden age Western art, like Renaissance shit, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, I think early in my artistic identity, I saw a kind of a parallel between like black block and like knights Mm -hmm. and like the middle ages or something 
And so I have art that really kind of sits in between those things in my mind, and then I just kind of like mm-hmm. shift around in there. You, you, sp- you speak about how you try to um, capture the preconceptions and the divisions that you know society has nowadays, and you want to like break that mold. You want to show people that they should come together and i see a lot of your murals they depict that you know like you have a lot of murals showing the working class you know like the struggles in their faces like people welding you know going through hard labor like and you and you put these on like such places where there's high traffic you know and it captures someone's eye and like me personally because i work in like construction me just driving every day mindlessly on the highway i look over and um I see a huge mural of someone's face, you know, like depicting their struggle and like someone working and it means a lot to me. Do you like, is that the reason you try to depict those like raw life situations? Yeah. I mean, hearing that, yeah, that means the world to me to hear that. I mean, it's uh, like, again, it's like there's something that you have to have subject matter to do representational art. So you're communicating something and then for public art, there's a whole thing of like, everybody has to look at this. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. in a sense, and everybody loves painting. So the way I look at it, if I have a project that I know everyone's gonna see is like, I try and leave myself out of it as much as possible and think about what is the location, where, like where, where is this thing, who lives here, what's the history, and I'm gonna be in it because my I can see my hand having done the thing and my brain have, having built it. It's not, I don't feel like I need to like fight so much for artistic freedom in a sense, but um, there is the burden in public art of like, I don't want to call it a burden. It's, it's actually like a, um, like it's kind of like an honor, I think, to get to do like, you get to be like the painter of, for, it should be for, for people because it's, People have to look at it. The shit I do in my studio mm-hmm. is a little more of the edgier stuff because it's not imposed on anybody. And I've been sort of self-censoring the whole time doing public art mm-hmm. that I really lean into it. So that's where I put some of the more, like, I don't know, hard-to-digest yeah. stuff. I guess. No, it's amazing how, because we were talking with this with Gory the other day, how, you know, graffiti is a very... Um, not selfish thing, but people associate their name only with it, you know? So I think what you're doing is, like, you're being very selfless, um, how you think more about the public and, like, what your work depicts, you know, rather than just focusing on, like, your own name, you know, and, like, spreading a message in a way. And I was, I was different murals you've done just, like, struck my eye, like the radar mural. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about that, how you most of the mural is like nature you know like the forest and then i see like under the roots like under it is the skyline of the buildings like what does that represent when you were oh i always have a lot of like nature and industrial shit interacting and uh in new jersey i mean if you drive around i mean new york too no doubt but nature is this like man-made industrial landscape it's a nature of its own and it really is in contrast to like the nature of being in a forest and the best parts of life i think for all of us are where they overlap where there's like some old abandoned structure and nature's like one finally like one you know and that's like the best environment to be in that's like the like 
like a abandoned building or a tunnel or something like that. So I try and get those moments in there. And then the reason it's called Radar is that's my dog and he passed away. Mm. And that mural is in between my crib and my studio and on the corner where the coffee shop is. So every day I say peace to my dude and I go to work and then I come back at night and I say peace to him. And a lot of my shit, like, it is for me in a sense. Like, I'd be lying if I said it was just like some selfless act. Like, a lot of it is for me, but also I look at myself as like a part of a bigger whole, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, what's good for me is good for everybody, I guess. Or when, I other mean, way when around. You, when you do a mural like that, you are setting the tone. You're setting the tone for when people walk down the street. If it's especially if it's huge like that, they're gonna see it, and it's gonna affect some kind. It's gonna bring about some kind of thought, some kind of emotion whether they wanted to or not, you know? So it is in your hands, in a sense, to set the tone for what exactly you're going to paint is going to evoke different emotions in people's minds, you know? Yeah, for sure. Do you identify, when you think of yourself, or maybe when you were younger, did you identify more as, like, a pure writer as opposed to, like, you know, doing murals or doing more fine art in the studio and stuff like that, or do you not make a distinction? I don't... I don't make a distinction, but I, I look at the, like murals are actually right halfway in the middle. So graffiti is graffiti and art is art. And I think they both have had their golden age in a sense, like the golden age of graffiti happened before I ever started writing. And the golden age of art to me for the kind of art I like is like, I don't know, like the Renaissance. So, um, I, I, I've always liked both of those traditions completely separately. And I think an advantage of being like, you know, the, the original writers, they created, they like crowdsourced a vocabulary, a visual vocabulary that everybody that grew up after that inherited, you know, there's like, you don't really... You can make a contribution, I guess, but it's like going to pale in comparison to everything that's been done before. So I, I kind of try to operate in between the two of them, but paying legitimate respect to each of those traditions. Like, I'll just try and practice my drawing skills, not to make like a, you know, painting that has some impact or something but just to get because that's a craft that you should practice in the same way that i'll practice my tag over and over again like these are you if you want to operate in the middle you gotta hold the ends down and make sure that you're always like focused on the ends and we're lucky enough that the ends are pretty much like in terms of like a golden standard we have them so Mm -hmm. you can combine any things you want and so you see more similarities um i think they're really i think the similarity between like traditional art and graffiti is actually bigger than the similarities between modern art and graffiti because modern art is not really a there's not like a tradition like you look at if you guys go to like like an art fair or like 
a modern art museum. Mm -hmm. Everything looks different from everything else. Like, I know there's different styles of graffiti, but there's also just some, like, kind of agreed-upon structures that everyone is making variations of, or you're breaking those rules. But that's more similar to, like, representational painting. I honestly think it's why graffiti has such, like, a broad appeal to people right now is because it's not entirely arbitrary and a lot of shit is do you try to you know a lot of writers they they they, when they do their graph it's just for other writers it's not necessarily for other people who can't read it or other people who don't understand or anything like that your stuff is very legible for the most part uh is that is that on purpose is it for other people besides just writers to be able to read and understand specifically when you do um, other words, but it's in the exact same style as if you were doing distort. Mm, I don't, I don't know if I really like separate that out in my head Mm -hmm. like that. I think um, what I try and kind of keep my balance on is just that I paint on things. And all those other contexts to me, it's a little bit like I'm going to lean more towards, let's say it's like a a train line spot. I know the train's going really fast. Mm. I'm going to space shit out more. Let's say it's like some cutty spot that you're stuck in traffic in. I'm going to like make it a little more complicated. Uh, Like the audience is not necessarily like on my mind as much as all these other factors are mm-hmm. i understand and then you also talk about how graph in a different interview you talk about how graph isn't badass in comparison to the real life struggles that people face essentially just to avoid getting fucked with and it reminded me of like um there's this like uh there was like this jewish combat league and then the initials were like zob and it meant something in hebrew but i don't remember what it, what it stood for and basically it was like these jews who got pushed into this ghetto and they knew that at any moment, like, the Nazis were going to come in and exterminate them, so they started, like, accumulating weapons. But, like, super guerrilla tactics, they would just, like, just, like, smuggle it in through trash cans and just really crazy ways. And then they vacated all the houses that were at the entrance. There's only one entrance to the ghetto. So that when the Nazis did come to liquidate them, like, the first 10 rows of houses would wait until they were right in the middle and just, like, light them up and stuff like that. And... You know, like you said, graph in comparison to these kind of things is is nothing in in terms of like the badassery sense. And I was just thinking what you were thinking when you said that. I know it was a minute ago, but yeah, no, I mean, I I, I think that over time, like I've thought more about this, and I wouldn't take back having said that. Um, but it's interesting that in certain circumstances we assume that like we're the grimy person in the room as a graffiti writer like you're like oh yeah i'm like the the criminal dude like i kind of have changed my opinion on that to like if i'm in like a meeting with business people politicians anybody all i i just paint on shit you know what I mean? And I try and keep that in the front of my mind now. That, like, whatever conflict of interest people might see, 
I just paint on stuff. As a like from an ethical point of view, morally, I feel like I'm on the on the right side of things mm-hmm. most of the time. And you might be sitting there with a business meeting with uh, someone that wants to get art off you, and they're a legitimate gangster. You know what I mean? Like you you don't know, like you don't know. But I I, I kind of don't. I just look at it like I'm painting on stuff. If I have a lot of time and it's illegal, I'll paint a mural or something. I don't, I, I'm, I'm kind of into like normalizing it, I guess, in mm-hmm. a sense. And like, I think about like, the th- when I was a kid, I got in trouble for graffiti and weed. Like these things will f- ruin your life. And th- these are billion dollar industries at this point, not that long later. And I think there's a lot to be said for the people that just blew weed smoke on the street and got arrested for it or grew it and got arrested for it. Like, eventually it's like, what do you, what are you guys mad at? You know what I mean? Like, you kind of have to believe that you're not doing anything wrong. And no matter what people tell you, if you're not doing anything wrong, you don't, you owe it to yourself to keep your head up and not like think like that i know it's a slightly different question like a different answer to your question Mm -hmm. but it's kind of where my thought went from that last thought no it's interesting you say how normalizing it is kind of what i feel like you look less suspect if you in your mind you feel like you're supposed to be in that situation supposed to walk into that lot or like you normalize it thinking it's not like a criminal activity or thinking you're not going to get arrested or caught you're actually trying to produce something from your heart you know and um, is that how you try to paint? Is that you, th- yeah. you think nothing's really r- wrong? Well, I mean, if I'm doing something that requires paranoia, <laughs> I'll, in- I'll indulge. Yeah. But um, I think just in terms of intention, yeah, I think this is something, it's like my favorite part of graffiti, I think, is that it's really about making your environment malleable mm. and in a really really interesting way it's how we kind of communicate with each other uh i think it's like uh the way i've met a lot of my friends is through graffiti and you know something about somebody from it you know that they also look at the world as not being like solidly set in place uh that laws are not like definitive and then also about like you can when I look at people's graffiti, I can see like what goes on in their brain almost, you know, you see like some like letter connections and you kind of I think if I was choosing friends, I would want to know like who is able to subvert things repeatedly successfully and get away with it and has cool looking thoughts. And there you go. Then you, we have a whole map of everybody in our in in our surroundings that is like on that vibration so i always appreciate it for that how did you start first writing graph um seeing it taking the train walking around and seeing it and then just i always like to draw and i guess i just think one of my boys was doing it and showed me and that was it it was just like that was it from there the store was the first name yeah pretty much yeah. That's that's yeah, that's crazy because I feel like a lot of people yeah. always they start with one crazy weird you know what I mean name and then they end up switching switching switching. I've had little I've had a little a little ones before it, but 
I, I think since I was in like sixth grade, seventh grade, maybe like right into stuff. Mm. So long time. When you first started, was your style like? I feel like now your style is more so. When you do something, it's very big, very legible, very uh, high traffic spot. Whereas there's other people who focus on a really, uh, a, I guess, a quantity aspect of throw here, throw here, throw here, throw here, throw here, throw here. Were you ever on that type of wave? Mm, not really. I've always been more like trying to like, I'm a cutty person. I'm not like an like someone that likes to talk to a lot of people. I don't like being out too much. I like thinking about stuff. So I've always tried to get up in and be up and be seen. But I like being like on a like a rooftop is my favorite shit cuz you get a lot of visibility and you can chill. It's banging. So there's a certain shit that I and I try to be well-rounded, you know? I've definitely, like... I just never really, like, took it to, like, a block-by-block-everywhere mm-hmm. thing. Um, and I think, looking back on it, at least for right now, I kind of have to... I have this little ecosystem that I'm in, and it's kind of a delicate balance. And so I spread myself out geographically and through time, and I just try and, like, exist in the field and cut deep and bring out the best that I can bring whenever I can. You speak about how when you see me, when you see my graffiti, you see me in a way like when someone sees your graph that they, they can get a visual interpretation of like almost what you could be like, you know, and do you, th- are you happy with the way you've um, portrayed yourself? Is there something else you would want to do or something you're working on in terms of visions or maybe what's going on in the world you would want to depict in your graffiti? Because things are changing every day right now, you know. Is there, like, certain events that, like you said um, earlier, like, they weigh on your heart and you have to constantly, like, remind yourself or remind the public almost, like, of a message? Yeah, I'm constantly processing things. I've processed a lot over covid just having more downtime um delving into youtube rabbit holes and you know just like uh i'm always trying to learn about stuff and then that changes what i think about and what i have to say but um in terms of like what do people associate with me i guess is that kind of the question yeah like um looking back at what you've produced in your lifetime in terms of like what's out on the streets that people see are you is there something more you would want to show people from yourself or yeah always i really feel like i've i'm like this should be the beginning like we should like clock in right now like all right starting now this is gonna go down um and it's not to say that like I don't know. It's weird. Graffiti's weird, man. Every, art is weird. Everybody watches, like, all these weird paths that you go down because it's, it's out there. But I think really where, where my head's at right now is kind of where it's always been. Things just get kind of clearer as you get older. And I think some of, like, the more abstract part of it because to me it's a very abstract question like Mm. I don't have any I'm not trying to like create some persona for myself 
and convince people of it in any way. I just want to be able to make use of myself and do something that people be like, oh, that's dope. I think in terms of having a name repetitively, I still believe that people need icons mm. to look up to that show that there's alternatives for success in a sense. Like you don't have to um, either be a complete just recluse or follow all the rules. There's an in, in the middle thing mm. that you could be, right? And from that sense, I guess I could see that it's like a good thing for me to keep writing my name and doing shit like that. But um, I think from another perspective, like one thing that I keep thinking about through all the COVID and all the craziness, we've, we just went through mm-hmm. really crazy shit. This has been like an intense few months. And something that struck me was like, man, we fucking worship ourselves as people. Like we, like human beings worship human beings right now. And I don't think throughout the rest of our history as a species that we sweated ourselves so much. And like, what do you, what do you mean by we worship ourselves? Like in, if everything that happened right now happened in Roman times, they would say, oh yeah, the gods is blowing plagues at y'all motherfuckers. Right now, it's like, oh no, it was that dude Bill Gates. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to say on what what's correct and what's incorrect, but you can t- the collective beliefs that people have show a lot about what we what our beliefs. It might not tell you what the truth is, but it shows you what we believe in. And I think people put a lot on people overestimate the importance of people on this planet. So you're saying that like. In terms of COVID, we blame we the source in our minds is like the source from people affects people, and it's all the center, the epicenter is the human beings. Whereas, like, not necessarily, let's say, like planetary health or like any other species. And because of that, you're saying that human beings worship themselves. Is it, that- yeah, it is a planetary health issue. Okay, it's a it's a our, it, the things I can't. I watch the news twice a day for. I don't know, like 10 years. I can't watch it anymore. Because to me, what I realized, or what I think now is, it's a fight between the planet versus humans. It's not a fight between these guys versus those guys anymore. Like, all the, th- all the things that will end up really affecting us, aren't, to me, it's, it's this fantasy that we have, that this is a people versus people thing. And my whole understanding of the importance of people being their best selves, I... I don't really, I think I'm starting to get a little disillusioned by it because um, not to say that we're not significant, you know, but um, nature is like huge. Graffiti is like, it's not really, graffiti is dope because it reminds people of nature. In Philly, I lived in Philly for a while. Everyone has the same style tag. It goes up and down. And someone will king the city, and three years later, you won't really see that name much more. You'll see somebody else's name. And it's like a plant. It's like the plant came back next season, and it had different, like, that's a different leaf. But that's the same plant on the same mailbox on the same thing, you know? It's, uh, I don't know. I think it's, um, I think 
I just keep thinking about we should be thinking less about people. To what, should, about what do you think earth. we should be thinking about? More about the earth. But I think I, I'm getting a little... This is just a yeah. crazy thought that I have. <laughs> oh, go um, ahead. I think trying to bring it back to, to graffiti a little bit. Um, part of part of the other kind of like abstract thought that I keep having during all these times while I'm like sitting in my studio working is about, you know, I, and I, I had a friend that passed away in Philly and I, when I see his tag, it's like his ghost. I don't know if you guys ever had that feeling when you see like yeah. a fat cap tag and it's like you can you can see the exact speed because it's so sensitive to like that person's hand movement. It's like their spirit. It's it's an imprint of that person. And maybe it just means more when that person isn't there anymore. But in the world as I see it at this moment, there's the material world and then there's the world of consciousness and to me it's in this we're just vessels like humans are here as vessels of consciousness we're here to house consciousness so i'm saying that to give back a little back to humanity i didn't mean to be like we're not important we're really important we're we're houses for consciousness in a way that other animals don't have the capacity to and i look at it like it's in a feedback loop like if you take a video camera and you point it at the monitor and you get that image on the screen that is being fed through the camera, and you spin it a little bit, it makes all these fractal patterns. That is the relationship between matter and consciousness. And people that are artistic, and especially people that do graffiti, see that there's the world is malleable, and it's malleable in this sense. Your spirit, your body is a house for your spirit, and will conduct itself in ways that will change your environment around you. And that's fucking special, man. Like, that's some real shit to, like... It's not to make it, like, more grandiose than it is or anything, but I think that's why, like, when I see my boy's tag and he's not here anymore, like, it says something so big to me. It just, like, has everything in it. Because it's your whole mind and your whole body. People that really do graffiti, some of the other guests you've had on that are like ridiculous bombers, people that have really, like, this is your whole brain and your whole body in complete, perfect orchestration. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing how you use your artistic abilities because, let's face the facts, not a lot of people get to that level that you are at, man. It's like, you're at, like we were talking earlier, like you were saying, like, um, the golden era of graffiti was, I think you're referring to like the train era back in the days, and like now you're at this, and you can um, take bits and pieces from uh, from everything, you know, and that's how graffiti is. Like it, it's um. But I think the category you're at is um, is beyond that. It's like a step like out. There's like that box of graffiti, and I'm just saying this honestly because I looked up to your graffiti for a long time, and um, and your artwork. So like I just feel like you're outside of that box of like you use this artistic ability which is very rare and you incorporate it into like this rugged graffiti culture but you also put these amazing murals up to remind people of um like you said the disconnect between man and nature like when i look at your murals of like um 
like the forest or the bears you were just drawing like i was watching the video of you uh, painting the bear and like it was insane like every time you added like a shadow to the fur it was like i just felt like you're like your heart i don't know maybe i'm crazy but like your heart was like in every like spray i don't know like yeah, yeah it's insane. yeah i really like try and just lose myself in it and just go at it you know yeah it's amazing and, uh, i don't know a lot of uh a lot of doing it really fucking up but i appreciate that i appreciate yeah, everything no, no, you for sure do you think though that a lot of the writers think of it the way that you just said in terms of uh like there's this cycle and you see the same plant or the same leaf but it's not from the same plant or and then you're part of this this greater whole because i do understand that you do think like this and i agree with you personally that um you know a lot of the things that we do not even just craft that are like representations of a, of a greater whole like it's like a microcosm but you know like a, a lot of writers it's just that's completely outside of their mental maybe it's there maybe like super unconsciously but maybe it's more but so that's like awesome though too i mean it, the thing is if you wanted to say that like we're all connected and we're all one like yeah we are but we're also our own individual selves and like i think it's up to everybody to be like your most self of a self that you could possibly fucking be mm -hmm. so i think the to understand that or not understand it maybe if you don't think about any of that stuff you are a better example of a person than if you do mm -hmm. probably so i don't i don't know what they think about <laughs> yeah yeah um so then yeah i was looking on another mural you did and you are including samurai swords in a lot of them uh it's like but not even really the whole sword i don't think it was just the hand holding it and you were talking about it like represents commitment and commitment to like a certain act or commitment to an idea commitment to whatever it is that it may be where did that come from? I just, I like, um, I think I had some different like images of like somebody holding a sword, somebody about to pick a sword up. I'm very into uh, images and how they would resonate with people in general. You know, like if I have to, if I have to pick out what pictures I'm going to choose, um, there's symbolism that's built into things. And it's, Maybe not built in. It's probably like a lot of cultural context. But we live in a great global world where there's a lot of shared cultural context. And so, yeah, if I wanted to represent the idea of someone getting ready for a battle or something or like that feeling or sentiment, a hand grabbing a sword, like that to me is like the good image. So I have in my desktop i just had to get the battery on my computer fixed and the guy was like cracking up because my my desktop is just thousands of images in no folders just like i just drag shit off google i cut shit out of the newspaper and like that's like ammo you know and i i try and go through that and and yeah like reverse engineer i guess like what am i trying to say what pictures are going to do that job for most for most people or lead lead that way hey what are you working on right now oh i'm working on like uh i just started a really big project that i can't talk too much about unfortunately but it's like the biggest thing i've ever done it'll be done next year it's like a big sculpture oh sick yeah i'm super hype i'm like <laughs> i wish i could tell you guys all about yeah it. can't wait insane. to see that man. yeah it's really cool i really needed like a big like uh you know i, I keep getting more into sculpture because mm -hmm. 
I'm realizing that like I always thought it was going to be one step harder than painting. Painting's this hard. Sculpture's got to be one level up from that. But like I paint kind of dimensionally, so I'm like thinking as a sculpture and then flattening it and painting it. It's a pain in the ass. And all the sculpture shit I'm doing is so fun because it's actually like one less step. Like I'm thinking about it in 3D and then I'm just making it, mm. and then it's there. There's no like, how do you shade this so it looks like it turns? It it does it's just turn. yeah it does yeah. yeah. So been having a lot of fun with that. When um, you do sculptures, you do like how? What medium do you work with? I was doing a lot of plaster work. Um, I use a lot of found objects. I used to, and I'm starting to again, do a lot of found object stuff. Uh, I like alchemy. Like that alchemy is like changing one metal into another, changing one. And I really, I like that about art. Like to me, if it doesn't do that, if we're not taking something and making it something that it wasn't, I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. And so that's like kind of, uh, no ma it's not really maybe to tell me what materials I choose, but when I have a material, I try to like get it to not look like whatever it was before. I guess. So when you work with the plaster, you shape it with your hands? Because um, I'm just totally ignorant to how that process works. I have a whole technique. Yeah. I have like a, I do like wall pieces that look like they go back into the wall and they kind of like warp out. And I um, yeah, I got a whole technique for that. I'm curious. Um, because you speak about human consciousness and like through your artwork you like break the boundaries it's um have you ever been influenced by like psychedelics yeah have you ever tried yeah, <laughs> yeah a little bit yeah. well I, t I you know a little bit recently like maybe last year yeah. i had i had a pretty crazy experience but also i think more importantly like when i was like i don't know like a teenager i did mushrooms in central park and had headphones on and I don't know. Nature, that's why I keep emphasizing. Like, nature is like a style cheat sheet. Nature has, it has all the little fucking connectors that you want to do and textures and 3Ds. Like, it, it knows it. It's got it, you know? And I think that's just like, I like mushrooms. I think mushrooms in nature did a lot for me, like, at a young age. Yeah. And I don't, I'm very sparing with it. Like, honestly, I feel like, uh, very grateful to be grounded. Sometimes I feel like I'll bite off a thought that's more than I can chew, and I get a little like, oh shit, let me, like, are my feet on the ground? And so I'm very, very cautious with like, not, I don't regularly take any drugs other than smoking weed. Um, and I'm very, yeah, I'm, I'm like probably more of a pussy about it than most people. Cause I'm like, but I, I know their value. Mm -hmm. I just know to like, I'm like almost like in awe of the power and don't, don't want to like get too close to it. You know? Yeah. Psychedelics are an interesting thing. It's like when I was growing up in high school, um, like the only thing I would dabble with was weed, you know, and I never thought like ever, ever would I try anything else other than that especially something as like psychedelics because their reputation is you know like you're gonna bug out you're gonna jump out a window they're too much you know too much to handle and um i actually never even planned on doing it and then i ended up trying a lsd once and then uh, like mushrooms and you know it's it's crazy to think that a substance outside of yourself you can say oh because of that you know, it like changed my life or made me for the like made me think for the better or break out of certain um, boundaries, you know, to rely on like a substance because, you know, substance can mean like addiction or mm -hmm. abuse or yeah, a sure. negative, um, you know, connotation to it. 
but um i think mushrooms like you said are like they're powerful you know and i i just i had to ask because i um like i also see the value in them and through your artwork through like your your color schemes like it makes no sense to me i know that like a regular art school did not just teach that i know that's something in the mindset of the consciousness that like portrays well, that color is know. one of the craziest yeah. things that there is color bugs me out like i'll like the the pris the light spectrum that we can see it goes from like below what we can see is in the well i might be getting this completely wrong but i don't care there's infrared and then there's ultraviolet those are like at the ends yeah, i'm pretty yeah. sure like what infrared is like like the like the vibrations that are lower than what we can pick up visually and ultraviolet is like the higher end of the spectrum mm -hmm. and when you're like when i'm thinking about color so so pretty much we can see in the we can see this section of a line of electromagnetic we can see waves like this much yeah we can and then it goes on in either yeah. direction but the part that trips me up is you have uh this this line that if as a painter right if i'm if i'm going from um the yellows or the oranges down towards the reds and you get past red it's you're going back into violet is where you're going and then heading back to purple if you were on a color wheel mm -hmm. and if you're in the other direction you get up to ultraviolet but you're coming from like green to blue to purple to violet you're going to end up at red so our line sec our section of this line has the courtesy to pick you up where it, to drop you back off where it picked you up at and that's a weird one to me like that's like pretty fucking crazy and even i learned very recently that in painting it's red blue yellow are the primary colors but in light it's red green and yellow are the primary colors because that's why a printer's uh cmyk is cyan or however you say it magenta and yellow which are the secondaries of light you mix red and green make yellow. So like a, a red light bulb and a green light bulb would make a yellow light. Like it's completely different. So you think you know about this shit and then you're like, damn, no, that's not it at all. But back to substances too. It, I, had, I had this funny thought one day that like they're, they're a lot like what they look like. They're a lot, they, they do something similar to what they look like. Like weed is sticky it kind of slows you down, but like when you're breaking it up, like, yeah, it's kind of what it feels like it would do, even if you never did it. And alcohol is like, I don't know, less dense than water. It's like really like it loosens you up. Looks like it would do that, you know? And I just feel, I, I just always thought that was funny. Like, <laughs> it kind of like looks like what it's going to do to you. So you don't do mushrooms at all anymore? Um, my girl's been microdosing. She tries to get me to do them a little bit. I'm just like, man, like, I don't know. It's just so fucking intense. Yeah. Like, I'm just, like, grateful to, like, be not shot out. You know what I mean? Just, it's like, try and keep my mind and my body the best I can. But uh, one of the cool things that I learned recently, too, about uh, psychedelic, about only, it's only true about LSD and mushrooms and DMT. I, I, recently this is all like covid rabbit hole like stuck in my apartment you know <laughs> like there's this um this awesome awesome dude named roger penrose who i think is merlin reincarnated and then he's a mathematician he's like 
brilliant dude. He was Stephen Hawking's thesis advisor. And he works with this guy named Stuart Hameroff, who's an anesthesiologist. And they came up with the theory of consciousness. And the anesthesiologist, the dude is like, he's amazing. And he was like, oh, when I put people under, it turns them off. So what's that? There you go. That's where consciousness is because I just shut it off on this person. And they still have brain activity because it goes up and down the spine so they can make sure that, like, they're not severing your, you know, you're not going to lose feeling in your leg forever. And... um the same thing that turns off under anesthesia is for DMT, LSD, and psilocybin, it's a frequency, actually. They can see it on the EEG machine, and it flattens it for anesthesia, a frequency, and it doubles the height of the peak when you take those drugs. So there you go. It's not necessarily like it's actually getting you consciousness is a... Uh, vibration frequency and it gets you more in touch with that frequency it's not like a later in the game brain activity you know it's like right there as perception happens so that's cool all this stuff relates to art that's why i'm interested yeah, of in course. it it's but like, then you were saying how you don't do a dmt or any of these things mushrooms and stuff like that too often because you don't want to you essentially said kind of like lose your mind so my question like it's kind of weird because you know the like you said the the DMT, it, uh, it raises the whatever it is that they're measuring that they equate to consciousness. But so then if you have too much of that too often, then you lose your mind. But what you're having is too much consciousness. Well, yeah, we're li we limit our perception. Mm -hmm. Our brains do it for us because you, you can't handle it. You can't handle it, man. It's the whole everything all at once. All like... You're not meant to, it's, I look at it like a camera aperture. Like this is how wide this thing opens. Like, if, like once it's, you know, and it's like, if you're like intaking too much, you can't keep yourself grounded. It's impossible to. So it's, um, I think it's important to like, if you want to elevate yourself as a human being, it's not just like, you don't just shoot yourself up into outer space you, and you fall back down onto the ground. You have to keep your feet on the ground and work your way up and get taller and taller and taller while your feet are on the ground. So I think that for me, I like, I don't want to go crazy, but I want to see what's right on the other edge of that cliff. So I take everything super fucking slow and very carefully and I try and like get to the bottom of things. Uh, yeah, that's, I've never heard about that, uh, that, uh, the, the mushrooms and the psilocybin, DMT, LSD, the ones that you named doing that. Stuart Hameroff, I'm telling you. Oh, I'm going to look it up. Genius dude, man. He's got lots of lectures. Uh, it's awesome. You said that they, they came up with a theory of consciousness. What do you mean by that? It's called Orc OR. But that's like, the, they, they just, they called it the theory of consciousness. It is, it's a, it's more than a theory of consciousness. It's a theory that combines I like realized like I like went back to like learn about like some of this kooky quantum physics shit and stuff that just sounded cool to me and I realized that I know nothing about it like like last thing I remembered like from science class was like an atom and a neutron but like when they break it down to where we're at now in the scientific understanding as far as what 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 I can keep up with like observation affects 
whether something is in a wave mm -hmm. or as, as a particle, which is like, it sounds crazy. It's not crazy. The we don't know what the future is until we get there, and then in the there it is. That's the future. It's not, it sounds very intuitive to me. I really like it. And then these people are able to kind of connect this dead end that happens in physics where they're like, what the fuck does observate? What is consciousness and observation doing affecting states of matter is very weird. And then in the world of consciousness, the study of consciousness, it was a, there's AI people that swore that just because a computer can beat a person at chess, that they were gonna become conscious sentient beings and it just doesn't happen. They always miss their goalposts. And so there's these two dead ends and these really smart people kind of, they, I'm not even gonna attempt to explain it, but they explain it how, and that goes, this is why then from hearing all this, my head goes to like, and it, you know, so there's like consciousness and the material world and the relationship between those two things and we find ourselves kind of as intermediaries and then that affects just my basic like outlook throughout the day and none of this has made it into the art yet this is all just like it needs to get there you know i'm still stuck on like i don't know like this like somebody bombed somebody else you World know like problems. not that that's not important but yeah, like i'm yeah. like slowly like i think one of the things i've come to terms with is that like um like yeah like the man versus man shit is almost like we should be keeping track of it. If someone's killing their population, it's not to like, oh, fuck it, man, shit goes down in the world. Like, like I want to know names, you know? But at the end of the day, there's, there's a lot of fucked up shit that happens. And then there's a lot of crazy breakthroughs that happen too of un human understanding. Like we, I started thinking like, damn, I, if the world's going to be this fucked up, I want to know things so that at least something good happened. What books did you read about quantum physics? I just watched YouTube, man. Okay, okay. I just, there's like a PBS has something called Space Time. And it's just <laughs> some dude that like talks and I watch that. I, I just leave it on in my studio while I'm painting and like I'll listen to music and I'll, I'll listen to that shit. And I, most of the time I have to like play it like three times, like a single episode just is. to get like a little bit of it because I'm not um, my head's not there but um, I like that man I like that more than like you know art do you paint all day long yeah yeah I mean I get sometimes I have to like do computer shit I really don't like that but yeah pretty much I what do you what do you do computer shit for no like I have to like send an invoice okay, and I'm okay. like angry about it you know <laughs> But like, yeah, no, it's pretty good. I'm pretty much just so that's your, your main occupation is just yeah. making art. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm super. I've worked a ton of shitty jobs that I hated. I'm super grateful every day. I don't. It took like even at, like when I first started doing it full time, I was still like so salty about everything that like it took me a minute to snap out of it and be like, yo, you cannot complain, man. Like this is like a your lot website is really for. well made, and the way that everything looks, it looks very professional. It looks like if you're gonna hire this person to work for you you're dealing with someone who's serious about what they're doing and how did you how did you like did you make your own websites you hired someone to make it for you how did you figure all this stuff out i i think i don't remember if i worked with somebody i try to um i try to like reach out i'm always asking people for stuff input favors 
Like, it's the only way I'm able to even do what I do, really, is that, you know, I think about all the shit that I know about and like to think about and have fun with, and then whatever it is that I need to get done, there's somebody that I know or that knows somebody, and that's what they like to do and have fun with. And I'll either barter or I'll pay for it, but um, I like to network, man, because I feel like people have so much information. Like, I can go out and try and find this stuff out by watching, like, I don't know, like a video, or I just like talking to people about it. They're more passionate, and I learn information better that way. So I think I probably, like, asked, like, a ton of people for help on my website. I don't even remember. Yeah, because it's really well made. We're trying to get something like that going on. So I'm trying, like, I'm in the middle of, like... It's Squarespace. Squarespace? I think yeah. that's what we use. Super easy, man. We just they have a super... really easy, yeah. So you made it... Your, did you drag and drop stuff? I think so. I can't remember. I feel bad, because I'm feeling like... I think my boy Jake might have helped me do it. Um, but yeah, it's just you just try to make it clean. It wants mm-hmm. to, like you got and I'm like kicking and screaming because I don't like anything clean. Mm-hmm. You know, I want like all of it mixed together. Mm-hmm. Like what sections? Why do we have to have sections? You know, but like no, you want to keep it like pretty clean, I guess, and like make it a good website mm-hmm. first and foremost. What's um What's the name of the website for the people listening? It's distoart.com. D i s t o a r t dot com. Did you did you paint during COVID? Yeah, I painted my ass off, man. Um, well, I had a I painted a lot in my studio. I had a show, uh, and I worked on that. And I didn't like uh, didn't do it really any murals. I just kind of like used it as time. Like all the gears stopped. You know, everything was the murals too. They got to be a kind of a pain in the ass, man, because they're more commercially viable than any other part of my business. And so I kind of, like, when when they say dance, I, I go dance, you know? And it was getting in the way of all the other stuff that I need to just think about and dwell on. And so when COVID happened, a couple mural jobs got put on the, got postponed. And I was just like, man, this is awesome. I'm just gonna not deal with any of this for a while. And that feels good. And now I'm like really itching to go out and paint again because I spent so much time working on shit for that show that I didn't really get to like go out and paint the way I like to extracurricular. So now I'm trying to go back out and do that. But I've had time to sketch. So I got new shit I want to do. And uh, it's just weird, man. I feel like I have to like, I want to travel. Like I I feel like I'm like too comfortable sitting in, in my house, even when I leave my house, it feels like I'm still sitting in my house. What about graph? Yeah, that's you what paint? I mean. Oh, you did? Yeah, like, I want to travel to go do graph. Oh, okay, like okay. It's, it's like, especially where I live, it's hard for me to, like, have the itch to, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I still do, but it's like, I don't know. I got a lot of murals out there. Like, it's, like, just makes, it just feels like overkill, mm. in a sense, or, like, greedy or something. I don't know. But I don't get, like... Nothing can replace graffiti. I just want to, like, go somewhere else and do it. I like going to New York. I like going to Philly. Um, do you ever live in New York? No. No. I've been in, I was in Philly for, like, seven years. And other than that, I'm just Jersey my whole life. You ever thought about it? No, not really, man. I mean, we kind of, like, it's super close. A lot of people I know that live in the boroughs, 
takes them the same time to get to Manhattan that it would take me or longer. And I got my whole everything out there. It's like my whole base. And also, I'm like, like I said, like I'm a, I'm a cutty person. I don't like being like in the party. I like being outside the party mm-hmm. and just like post it up. You know, I'm more comfortable like that. Mm-hmm. What's up with the, um, I've seen on YouTube, you have a distort m- mural tour. It's where you took your, um, it seemed like a drone. Oh, and you yeah. like elevated above um, a few city blocks and you zoomed in on like the murals you did. And it was insane because it was just like complete. It, it looked like it was a movie. It looked like it was just made up. It was like the drone would zoom in on like an abandoned building with your like um, roller on it. And then it would zoom in into like a storefront with your mural on it. And it would zoom into like different mediums. And they were all like within a short radius of each other. It was amazing to see like how you... Like, what's up with that? Yeah, we t- I, I got a really cool drone, dude. And I was like, yo, I got, like, fucking 12 things in, like, a 12-block radius. Can we get this all in one thing? And he killed it, man. It, it was, like, I think it was our second take. It started with me painting, too. So, I like, yeah, yeah. he, like, got me painting, and then I, like, threw the can down, got in the car. He got in the car with me, and we're chasing the drone. Like, he's navigating it while I'm driving. And then, like, the drone turned, and I'm like, oh, this is a one-way. He's like, it doesn't matter. You got to go up it. So I go up the wrong way and shit. So you don't, because otherwise it's going to lose range yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. going to fall. So uh, that was fun. That was a cool little, drones are cool, man. Um, kind of creepy, mm-hmm. but they're cool. <laughs> even when it's like, even like, there's been a couple times when I'm like doing a mural and there'll be a drone to film it, but it's still, you still, you're like, what the fuck is that? Like, it's not a cool feeling, like, when it's behind yeah, yeah. you. Um, Some like iRobot. Like, yeah, fuck kind you, of, man. man. <laughs> They're just like creepy. I guess it's like a form of AI. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. The Essential. future. Yeah. Just like, yeah. I don't know what I think of them yet. I think I don't like them. <laughs> you don't like AI? I don't like drones. I don't know. Things are cool when you get to use them, yeah, but like, yeah. you're not going to be saying it's cool when like, yeah, they got like they got you on video doing some shit from a drone. Yeah, it's just like flying in your bedroom window. Seriously, it's creepy. But yeah, bro. Thank you for uh, yeah, my pleasure. Coming on the show, Thank man. You. Yeah, it was a pleasure, Appreciate man, speaking it. to you. Thank you, man. Peace.